All right, let's get ready to talk musky fishing. Another episode of Backlash Podcast. This week we're going to talk to musky brothers Joe and Jake Baddock, and they have a big announcement that they want to make. And then I'm guessing since it's springtime, we'll probably talk spring musky fishing. What do you think, Brad? I'm guessing, I mean, it's that time of year, right? So that's probably what we should do. Yeah. You know, they're from Indiana, so they've probably been fishing quite a bit, actually, Jeff. I was trying to remember when we recorded with them the first time. It's been a, boy, I don't know. Was it the first 10 somewhere in there? Yeah, I would say it was probably, man, if I want to think back, I'm guessing it was like five or six, I would say. But, like, if we're, we did have one of the two up by you, I think, right? Didn't we do some sort of, like, round table thing with one of the two of them? I think it was only one of the two of them. Last summer, maybe, I think? I don't know exactly. Uh, it wasn't last summer. It might have been the summer before. I don't know. I can't remember. They're I mean, kind of all running together. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Realistically, time flies so fast that I have no idea about any of this stuff. I mean, we've we've went down this road before. We're like... Ah, uh, yeah, we've only had one female guest before until we found out that we had like six. But <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, I forgot about all of them. Speaking of female guests, we should probably find one sometime fairly soon. It's been a long time since we talked to one, and they do have sure. much to offer in the musky industry. So maybe we should uh, be on the lookout for that again. That wasn't exactly where I wanted to go, but it was just a, an example of how sometimes a lot of these things, you know, they just it's just crazy how, how fast time goes. And, you know, you, you think you had talked to somebody, and, you know, it had been a long time since you talked to him. I think it was like Phil, Frutt, uh, Phil Bowerly who fishes on Leech. I mean, I think we had him on in the fall or something like that or whatever. And it seemed like it was literally like 10 episodes earlier we talked to him. He's like, oh, no, that was like, you know, spring of 21. I'm like, oh, boy, okay, yeah, time time flies. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, absolutely. And, Brad, you know, I think you're getting ready to, I mean, we're doing this on a Thursday night. This episode won't come out till Wednesday, so... You know, uh, we're a little bit ahead of the game, and that's because you're heading out of town, Brad. What are you? What are you doing? Like, why are you? Why are you thinking about fishing in April? You're from Minnesota. You don't fish in April in Minnesota. <laughs> well, I'll just tell you this: as we're speaking, it's still snowing here. Um, what is it? The twentieth of uh, of April, yep. and it is snowing to beat the band, I guess. And it's time to get out of here and hit some open water. That's for sure. But we are going to start filming again for Mayhem's 10,000 Cast for the new season. And I'm going to do nothing except work in the shop. In fact, I got more work today. I took a little drive to uh, Chaos Tackle and picked up some, uh, a lot of their hard baits. You know, we're looking at, you know, Shum Shum Quickies and Chaos Round Noses and Chaos Blunt Noses and Nabins and all this other fun stuff. So more work for me to do, more stuff to add to the website. Hopefully by the time you hear this, it's all up there. If uh, all goes well, it would be. And, uh, you know, I'm still anxiously awaiting that shipment from Musky Mayhem so we can uh, debut our, you know, 2023 Keys Outdoors Musky Mayhem custom colors. That should be pretty fun. I'm, I'm excited to see those and, and see how that goes over this year. Well, all of those should show up uh, about the time that this recording comes out. So it should be uh, ahead of schedule. And Brad, I, I mean, I don't have much else to add other than if you're looking for gear, you should probably make sure you check out teamrhinooutdoors.com. As I just mentioned before, we're always adding stuff to the website as much as we can. We're trying to be your one stop for musky tackle. And so if you, uh, looking for gear for your next musky fishing adventure, make sure you check out teamrhinooutdoors.com. And Brad, if they're looking for bladed baits, they should probably come visit you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the originators of big bladed flashaboo baits. 
And you can reach us at muskymayhemtackle.com, and we'd love to have you as a customer. All right. Well, let's hope that our guests are ready to go. They've been on the water today fishing over somewhere in the east, and you know we can hopefully get them rolling so that you and I can actually get to bed at a reasonable time tonight. That sounds like a game plan. All right, our guests this week are Jake and Joe Baddock, and we're talking about a new business venture. Guys, I don't even know that much about this. I just know that you uh, you contacted me. You're hoping to get the word out on a new business, and this new business could definitely uh, benefit some musky anglers, especially in your area. You guys are out of the Indiana, Illinois area. So I'm just going to let you guys take it over because I don't even know the details on this whole deal yet. So why don't you guys, you know, get it out there. First of all, thank you a bunch, Jeff, for Really appreciate you having us on and giving us this opportunity. So um, as you're talking about, Jake and I were actually, um, we're teaming up with Octraction. We, uh, we're going to be the dealers here. And as you said, it, Indiana, and we'll have about half of Illinois. It's um, it, the southern, essentially the central parts of southern Illinois. The Chicago area, we won't have that. So um, this has been in the making for a few months now and um it's finally coming together fortunately we've been able to make a lot of friends in the musky industry with you guys being included and brad actually got us in contact with josh and the ball just kept rolling it was a real seamless process with everything it's just seems like we're a great fit with the what they have going on over there so we uh, went up to Minnesota in March and saw their whole operation, got trained, and then um, we're finalizing the paperwork here uh, on Monday. And so we should be, I would guess it will be, um, because we got to get our equipment in, but, you know, here in like two to three weeks, we'll be fully operational and um, thought that this would be, you know, a really good podcast to reach out to people, the best podcast out there. So and we're really, really excited about the opportunity. The Aquatraction offers a, just a stellar product and um, couldn't be more excited about this new opportunity we have before us. And I know you guys have talked about Aquatraction with Josh Clymer on the podcast before, but to anybody who's just now joining um, Backlash, I want to kind of throw it out there. Aquatraction is a fully cross-linked polyethylene foam. They're the only ones who offer a full warranty on any defects, including light amplification, which is actually when the sun, it, it can reflect off of the surface and burn the surface of carpet or another type of foam. Well, Aquatraction is the only one who can bring a warranty to that, and we will actually stand by that. But it's uh, anti-fatigue, and it's also... It takes all the carpet and, you know, as much of the carpet you want out of your boat. Now you have the option to do the entire boat. We can recreate your lids and everything and then actually install Aquatraction on the deck of the boat, not just a tub. But it uh, it not only rips out the carpet, you get rid of all the problems with the carpet. And then you have a stylish finish, which you can is fully customizable to how you want it. You can match your boat and it's a great investment for your boat that you know is going to last for you know several years to come and it looks clean for a long long time holds up when you get that new boat with new carpet that new carpet only looks like new carpet for so long a lot of things as musky fishermen we deal with in the fall is musky poop and that is something very hard to get out of your carpet so this is 
we're really eager to get in our boat here really soon. It's been a product I've had my eye on for a long time. And that's one thing that makes me more excited about this is actually being involved in a product we believe in. So, uh, yeah, just like I said before, I'm just I, I'm over the moon with how excited I am about this. I think one of the things you guys miss is blood. And unfortunately, there's always a little bit of bloodshed in the boats. And I can honestly tell you, I think I've had an aqua traction at least 10 years now. I put it in my 24-foot John boat when I first got it. And it still looks like brand new if I clean it. I know Josh gives me a hard time a lot of times because I'm not the guy that's going to clean my boat every day. And uh, unfortunately time becomes one of the issues when it comes to uh, cleaning a boat. But what I can tell you is like duck hunting. I will a lot of times have a bunch of blood that piles up on top of the aqua traction, just from the birds that I'm laying there. I don't even bother cleaning it until spring. And literally I'll just take a water bottle, rub it a little bit, pour some more water on it. The blood is gone. I mean, instantaneous. It's amazing how stain resistant it truly is. And that's one of the keys to it. But I got to ask you guys a question because a question that I get asked a lot, and I know this is a loaded question, but what is the general square footage cost of aqua traction? And it's a loaded question because depending on the design work that you have done, whether you're cutting straight lines or diagonal and all different kinds of patterns and colors and so on and so forth, that's the loaded part of the question. But just the basics, do you guys have an idea of what the square foot yes. cost would be? So depending on, like you are saying, what all your order entails, how customized you want it to be, um, it, you're looking at anywhere from 28 to 32, maybe, I mean, potentially 35, but I don't, that's a really stringent order if it's getting to that. But 28 to 32, I think, is more the average where you yeah. No, and that's, I mean, it all depends. It fluctuates so much, like what, we're, what you were uh, getting at with how much customization, how many logos you want in route, if you want a big musky logo in there. Or um, I don't know if people haven't seen it, John Hoyer's new boat. <laughs> that was a lot of pieces of aqua traction going in that just because he wanted stripes going across it. And, and just so to, there's so much you can do with it. And it's like, it depends on how far you want to go and what you have in your mind, what you want your boat flooring to look like. So, but like Joe said, 28 to 32 bucks a square foot is a good general range to to kind of be looking at. But um, that's the thing too. We'll come out and look at your boat and give you a quote, um, depending on what you're wanting. If you want, you know, just the tub done, just a little bit of the tub done. You want the gunnels done for when your rods are laying over the boat. Cause we all have, you know, big rods, 10-foot rods, 9-foot rods. I know with ours, they're always hanging off the side when we're fishing, you know, and then when it's a choppy day out, your rods aren't getting beat up, you know, against that guttle. So it just, it all depends. I mean, there's so much you can do with this, but um, yeah, like Joe mentioned, and I did too, 28 to 32 bucks a square foot is a good just uh, starting mark to, you know, kind of get your bases with it. Yeah, that's a good reference to give some people some ideas. I it's a question that's been asked of me a ton. So I thought maybe we'd just answer the question right here on the podcast. You know, one of the other things is I do have uh, in my 621, I got my gunnels done, not only for the rod side of it, but people stepping in and out of the boat, or you get that fisherman that just likes the rest of their foot on top of the gunnel, you're definitely going to protect your investment. 
Mm-hmm. And I know uh, back in the day, or probably five years ago, uh, we were fishing with Jason Hammernick and <laughs> never a good way to meet somebody for the first time. But like the first 30 seconds, as soon as I stepped in his boat, it was a rainy day and I slipped and just ate it. And that's just, you know, the, the aqua traction that would not happen if it was on the boat. It's just such a good, uh, it's even really good for safety, like getting in the boat or whatnot with that. All right, guys, I got a couple questions here. So let's just say I, I'm come, I want to get aqua traction put in my boat. Why don't you guys talk about the process? I heard you say you come out, check out their boat. So that's how that works. You guys are making house calls or do they got to bring it to you? Let's lay out the process. Maybe kind of also walk through like how long does it take typically from start to finish, assuming that, you know, the customer knows what they want and and they don't delay things. Right now we are, yes, we're making house calls. Um, We, for certain boats, like a Ranger 620, if you wanted the tub done, we may not have to come out to your house to give you a quote, but we would like to give a ballpark quote out there before we even come out and digitize just to make sure the customer, you know, we don't want to scare anybody away with the price, which is a very affordable product. You compare it to the other, you know, competitors and we're right there with them, but we're offering a premium product and better customer service. So that's what we stand by. But then if they are comfortable with you know investing that money into their boat then we come out and we would digitize the boat as in measuring the boat after measuring the boat that goes into a cad software and then we clean that up and send it to aqua tractions engineers and they clean it up to their exact specs that they need to be able to cut the product and everything after that they send us back a proof and then the customer has to sign off on that proof now, at that point, that is the last time that the customer has to make any changes to the product without an additional fee. And so then once that is done and you say, okay, this is what I want, sign on dotted line or whatnot, and then the product is cut within three to five days, product is shipped out to us, and then we would be coming and installing it. Install kind of just all depends, you know, obviously it's based off of if you're doing a 620s tub and you've got the snapping carpet and then, you know, all you're ripping up is the under, you know, that underneath layer of not foam, but it's similar to that. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I can't, I don't, we don't know the exact name of the product Ranger uses in it, but I mean, it's not anything there from my experience with just your boat brad and then with um what we have in our boat this stuff gets hot in our boat and stuff and that's one thing about aqua traction too it doesn't get nearly as hot where you can walk on it barefoot um, pretty much even if it's 100 degrees outside but yeah we go there and, and we rip that up and clean off the glue with mineral spirits or a similar product and then we take a primer to it and so that way, the backing on the aqua traction is a primer for that. For it to really, I mean, aqua traction without the primer is super adhesive, but this just makes it where you're, it's not coming up. After that install, what we essentially go through and we check it, make sure everything looks like, looks right. There's no air bubbles. And we, and actually, we'll ask our customers to go on and kind of get down on the actual new flooring 
and check and see if they can find any air bubbles because we can get those air bubbles out really, really easily when it's first installed. But what happens if that sits and the temperature goes up and down and causes condensation, then that's when you have a problem with the flooring, you know, actually adhering properly. And it is so, it, but that installing the actual aqua traction is a very, it's a pretty quick process. So once we get the product, we could come out and get that boat done that day. Like once it's shipped to us, all the proof is done. Once we go to the customer to rip out their carpet and then install that day, we can get that all done in one day. But there is, you want to wait 24 hours before you start walking on the aqua traction or anything like that. I've done a ton of these installs on the different boats that I have, and I must be doing it all wrong. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man, I literally have sucked boats and then went right out fishing and never looked back. I remember when I did my John boat, right? it's a 24 foot John boat, so it took some time, right? And I know that Josh, he's like, oh, you got diamond tread in there. And I said, yeah. He said, you should really sand the diamond, tra- uh, diamond tread off so that you can get a better adhesion. And I'm like, I'm not sanding all that off. And I stuck it 10 years later. It's still sticking perfect. So uh, it does have an incredible backing. And the, the stickiness of that product is absolutely insane. I mean, you do not want to make a fake mistake when you're sticking it. That's for sure. Yeah, no, it's not coming back. No, that's <laughs> we we experienced that in training. It's like you know, once that stuff sticks, it is on there, and that's I think. And the twenty four hour waiting period is just a precaution. It's um, you know, you don't once you do a boat like that, you know, it's just one of those things where Josh advises you know, give it time to sit and adhere. Obviously, you haven't had any problems, Brad. Your boats look phenomenal. Still, I've seen them in person. So that's just, um, but that's the protocol that we've been referred to kind of advise our customers and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. There's the right way. And then there's the Brad Hoppy way, I guess. But, <laughs> you know, if anybody's been to any of the musky shows, the last, oh, I don't even remember how many years, probably five years, maybe six years, I've had aqua traction as flooring in the booth. So if that's, uh, maybe a possible way for people to recognize exactly what we're talking about too. Mm-hmm. That's, I remember the first time I walked into your booth after walking on the Chicago show floor all day, it's like, it was like a breath of fresh air. When you step on that feet the, on your floor and your feet are just like, woof type deal. It is a night and day difference. It, it really is amazing. And then with what you have is just the normal aqua traction. Then there are, also offering where you can get a memory foam underneath it that just i mean it it's incredible how much even more cushion that provides it's like a cloud yeah absolutely jeff i don't know if you're aware but that digitizer that they're talking about that's the measuring device that's pretty much the world's most expensive tape measure (laughs) so it's not like you're uh you know 1999 fat max although a uh a DeWalt Fat Max these days is probably about twenty nine ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine the way things are. But you know, back in the day, I could make a living with twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. I I haven't bought a tape measure in a long time. I didn't realize there's that much money now. But man, it, this thing is really incredible. So maybe talk a little bit, guys, about how that measuring process goes down. It, it's quite interesting, and it's unbelievable how well that works. 
you pretty much have a machine. It looks like a, it comes in like a little suitcase type deal and you get an anchor point in the boat where, so a metal cable comes out and it's, it looks like it's connected to a pin type deal. And so with what you do, you just want to make sure you put the measuring device on the boat, especially if we come out to a marina or whatever, because if you have it outside, um, it'll actually take, say, a wave hits, it'll actually uh, skew the measurement. Um, so it um, sits there and you go around with a key fob and you put basically uh, waypoints around the uh, area that you're measuring. After you get all these waypoints, you can actually see on a little screen like the rough draft that it's showing you of the start of the boat. So you start at um, the farthest away point of the boat from where you set up the measuring device and work around. And it's really cool how just on the little screen on the digitizer, before you bring it into CAD, I mean, you can pretty much see what you have sketched out in the boat. Yeah, absolutely. That process is pretty refined and it's pretty, pretty quick, honestly. Probably the longest part is ripping up carpet, to be honest with you. Well, and the CAD program, yeah, the CAD, but I mean, yeah. as with anything, it's like learning something new, you know, the, you're going to spend more time on it while you're getting really familiar with the program. But then after a while, but it's it, it, watching the engineers at Aquatraction is pretty impressive. You know, the way that they can flow through that CAD system, but it's, it's almost a little bit of an art to it. The way that you can clean up because the digitizer, like Jake was saying, it is a rough draft. So you're going in there and you're, we're creating, you know, at least the first final copy in CAD before we send it off to Aquatraction. And that cleans the whole file up so you can actually see what you're working with and what your product's going to look like before we even send it off to Aquatraction to be cut. It's a super cool process. It's pretty flawless. I mean, every time that I've had something put together, I, I check it over. You know, they give you that proof. And honestly, I've not had to make any changes whatsoever. So that's Well, my last question would be if people are looking to get in touch with you guys to get this done in their boat, get an estimate, get things rolling, what's the best way they can do that? Um, so we got an email set up. It's aquatractionofindiana at gmail.com. And then um, here shortly, we'll be getting our Facebook and Instagram page um, started for Aquatraction of Indiana. Then also my cell phone number. Um, it's 317-459-2874. And mine is 317-459-2890. I always thought you guys had 900 numbers. <laughs> well, that that's a side job, Brad. This is supposed oh, okay. to be an aqua traction. All right, good enough. I'm just over here shaking my head, that's all. <laughs> I can feel it through the phone, <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, on on the uh, like aqua traction note, you know, recently we had John Betty on. He was talking about the Indiana Muskie Classic, and you guys are going to do something for participants or potential participants or people that yeah. catch muskies or something going on with the Indiana Classic. So let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, we're we're really excited to do this because one, you guys know we're big time muskie fishermen, and uh, the Indiana Muskie Classic is all about raising funds for stocking of Indiana. And uh, so what we're going to do is for the first place team, we're going to give them two helm pads and um, we're going to get the Indiana Muskie Classic logo and, um, and routed into those. 
And then we're also bringing two more helm pads to uh, be involved in the silent raffle, in which that money goes straight back into stocking. And then along with that, um, Joe and I are going to go Saturday nights, their banquet. I believe that's the 19th of May. And what we're going to do, we're going to have like a little booth set up. And anybody that's involved in the tournament, we're going to offer them 10% off if they sign up for us to come out and give them a quote and um, digitize their boat and get aqua traction flowing in their boat. How about that, Brad? Brand new business. They're not making any money yet and they're already giving stuff away. You got to love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's part of the battle, I guess. That's for sure. Right. Well, I mean, hey, it's always good to give back to the resource, right? That's right. At least we know it's going into something that we believe in. It makes it a lot easier. And guys that believe in the same things we do. I think we got enough about aqua traction. You know, if people don't know, and or do you guys happen to know the dates of the Indiana Musk Classic? If I paid enough it's, attention when John was talking, I would remember them. But when John talks, I just tune out. So, yeah, no, it is um, May eighteenth through the twentieth. I am confirming that. I'm looking it up on my phone right now. I have the dates in here, but I just I'm ninety nine percent positive that that's the dates. Do you guys know? Do you have a full field yet? So talking with uh, Jeremy, who is um, putting it on for the most part, he said he's expecting around 150 to 180 people. I don't think it's quite full yet. So there most definitely is still room for people to come up and uh, get registered for it. Awesome, awesome. Well, Indiana definitely has an incredible fishery. Let's talk a little bit about that fishery. Yeah, so one thing we are really lucky in the fact that we get a pretty good stocking in all of our lakes so it just depends on where you're at but um in the state some lakes get a little bit more and some get a little bit less we're five for we're but, five per acre on average i think we may eagle creek gets one per acre and you know tippy i think tippy they've gone back and forth but we'll just say for the most part like 90 percent of our lakes that are stocked with muskies get five per acre so, as you know, being in Minnesota, you get one for every five acres, Brad. So, we, we do have the advantage on numbers down. And they are trying to, like, one of the big um, things with this Indiana Muskie Classic that they're doing, we are starting a new lake in Indiana, which is Kokomo Reservoir. I know a lot of the funds raised are going to put muskies in that lake. So not only are they stocking our lakes with good numbers, but they're trying to add more lakes to spread the pressure out. So, I mean, it's just, it seems like as the years go on, they just keep growing it as far as the muskie fishing here. One thing too, that we've noticed in the past couple of years, I can't remember what year it was, but there was a couple down years with stocking. And I think involved with, they couldn't get mature females out of Webster to, bring back and uh, get her eggs and stuff so we had i think a two to three year period where our lakes really took a hit on the amount of stocked fish we had but what we've seen in the last two years is that we're running so there was a gap uh, with big fish so we were running into a lot of you know your low 30 mid 30 and now it seems like we're running into more of those 40 inch fish to 44 inch fish so it most definitely seems like it's on the rise here as far as you know, getting back into those really fun fish to catch. I know I've heard you say before, Brad, you know, mid 40 can almost be a more fun of a fight than a, you know, a 50 incher, which everybody wants to hold up that 50. But, 
you know, the more I do it, the more it's like you appreciate every muskie, but when they give you a good run for your money, that's when you really enjoy it. So it, we are really lucky to, you know, be in the state and have the fisheries we do. And that's one thing too, with the muskie classic coming up. Now I, um, I've heard some good things about Webster this year. And so it's, um, most definitely been putting out some fish. So I think that's only going to get better and better as the season progresses. Uh, we did have, you know, quite a big warm up there, which what Joe and I experienced um, last weekend, we felt like a bunch of the fish were scattered. And that's one of the things you deal with with that post spawn either. They're just lock jawed or they're just all over the place. It's kind of hard to pinpoint them. You just got to, you know, fish your butts off like we all do musky fishing. But, you know, that pre-spawn bite right before spawn, it's, uh, it's kind of predictable where they're going to be. And, um, unpredictable, unpredictable at this, to eat. right. So, I mean, you might, it can be frustrating on days seeing just a bunch of fish on side imaging, you know, like you're casting over them, but you know, if you don't have the, if you're not there on the right day, it's musky fishing, you know, but you know, on some days you get into a heck of a feeding window and it's, I know Aaron talked about it last week on your guys' podcast. It is kind of similar to fall, but I mean, you're dealing with that, you know, lower water temperatures where these fish aren't quite revved up yet. Yeah, well, the amazing part is, is Jeff and I are sitting up here in the Northland in Wisconsin and Minnesota, and we're just dreaming about opener at this point. And the beauty of it is, is you guys are almost kind of coming into a summer pattern at this point. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It, as Jake was saying, with that warm-up that kind of happened all of a sudden, we were down on a lake, kind of staying south of the Webster area, and we actually were finding mid to upper 60 water you know, temps and obviously that's surface and as we all know it's superficial but we've had a lot of big winds so i i don't we don't run a climb finder or anything it'd be interesting to know how far that warmth has actually penetrated the water but it does seem like at least last weekend when we were out i feel like the fish have definitely scattered you know how it is whenever the weather isn't that nice smooth seasonal progression i know jeff you're talking about this last week when it's not that the fish just they can get in a funk and you like jake was saying you can hit that bite window and be at the right time but it makes for some long days sometimes and you just gotta wait it out i myself am most definitely a blade fisherman and that's my biggest confidence bait but you know, that's one thing about the spring. It forces me to kind of change myself up. Not that you can't catch them on blades. We have seen, especially the, the year that uh, you blessed us with the trigger, Brad. And uh, I was having fish flying in in 47 degree water, you know, on that bait. And it's just, you know, that's, um, there's been, I think those three years in a row that my first fish of the year came on a trigger. And then we're talking before the fish start spawning. So in that high 40s, low 50 degree water getting back to you know the main spring tactics that we use you know you got your glide baits your twitch baits and then the jerk baits are a lot of the things and that's those are lures that i probably mistakenly shy away from a lot during summer peak because i mean i know that they crush fish but my confidence you know musky fishing is all about confidence so i generally go to you know cowgirl or trigger well trigger has been mainly lately but um you know that's it's really helped me refine my skills and then just there is nothing like the strike of letting a twitch bait pause or a jerk bait and just seeing that fish come up like 
you know, in my head, it's like Jaws. And you just see him come straight up from the bottom and just inhale it. And then this pre-spawn period, I feel like that they fight harder than any time of the year. But, and then getting back to what you're saying, Brad, about how we're kind of getting out of spring now. And like I was saying, the water getting warm. You know, we're, those crappies are moving in. And our fish, um, they're, they're a little bit different than your guys out there in Minnesota, I'll say, when it gets to, you know, you're kind of free and clear of spawn and what these fish are doing. I know a lot of your guys' lakes, especially, obviously, the Cisco-based lakes, you get a lot of those fish moving to open water. Our fish do that, but they wait. And it seems like after spawn, they almost hang around, not back in the bays, and, uh, but they'll be on that first break. Or maybe if you've got a big flat, they're kind of moving around that flat. But it seems like the panfish coming in and spawning, you know, they're waiting on that. And then depending on, you know, you have the shad or warm water bait fish as well. So they're coming in and spawning right in that mid 60 degree mm -hmm. water temp as well. So it's almost like all the forage comes right into our fish after they get done spawning. So they don't move too far away. And then, uh, you know, and so that's what we would be looking at between 62 and 72 degrees. That's really prime time for Indiana when it comes to blades and top water. That's why when I was saying earlier, finding mid 60s to high 60s, you know, I'm kind of nervous because I don't want to miss out on that bite. That's our best bite of the year, and that's the most fun. That's when we actually have that top water bite and the opportunity to get after those fish. And then once those shad do move back out, the bite drastically changes. Yeah. And that's um, one thing that we see, too, is like uh, the males will hang out super shallow for a long time. But one of the things that we try to do um, is kind of stay on that first break, like Joe was mentioning, because that's where we typically find the bigger fish. And it's just those females, you know, they don't want to go out to quite open water with all their food about to come into them, at least from what we've experienced. But they get out far enough to get away from those males constantly pestering them. So that's, um, you know, they follow, it seems like once those shad spawn, you know, they go right out with them to the open water. Well, guys, you know, have you been out a bunch this spring? I mean, did you get to get on some of that early stuff or no? Uh, we were able to get out. So between weather and whether it be work obligations or family, we've only been able to get the boat out a, you know, a few times. But we, the uh, first time we did go out, we, we had just, that was a shorter trip. That was probably only a six-hour trip. But we, Jake was able to get a low 40s in the boat as he was talking about with, you know, how much he likes a fish eating a twitch bait on a death pause. I'll kind of let him go into that a little bit. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of actually funny because I think the last three years, our first fish of the year came off this exact spot. <laughs> and, um, but I mean, this spot, it's right in between two spawning bays and it's a point that comes out and there's, uh, I think, a little bit of natural current that goes by it. And the way that the wind was going, it was creating, um, I know... Herbie really likes it when you have that wind that's pushing down the flat sliding. knot or sliding current instead of right directly into it. And, um, you know, we were just what, like I was saying earlier, we will stick 
out of the super shallow stuff a lot of the times, just trying to intersect those um, not bigger fish that are moving in or out. And those ones seem to be like the ones that really will be more apt to eat your bait. So uh, I, we haven't been out nearly as much as what we were hoping for, but we've really been um, working on getting this aqua traction going, went up for training and stuff. So a lot of our time has been focused towards work this year. But one of the blessings I see in this is that, you know, it'll open up more fishing time, hopefully down the road here in a couple of years too. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, no, that's laughable, isn't it, Jeff? But that is. I, you have to have you have, to have dreams, man. <laughs> what do you have? If you don't have dreams, Jeff. <laughs> poor, poor suckers! It's unbelievable thinking you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna get involved in the fishing industry and you're gonna go fishing more. Uh, <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes ignorant is bliss, right? Right. And the only way that would happen is if you guys have a carry somewhere in your back pocket, then you can get away and fish all the time. If you don't have that, it's never going to happen. Well, I mean, I'm going to talk to Brad about how he found a carry. So we're going to work on that. That's my plan B for the year. Yeah. Good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the beauty of the aqua traction side of things, it seems like most of that kind of happens through the whole spring into the summer. And you guys are going to have a fall where, a lot of that traffic kind of slows down. So you will get that time. I know a few of the different dealers, so it should work out really good for you guys. See, Jeff, someone's (laughs) got some confidence. (laughs) It's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know what? Be careful what you wish for. You get involved in the fishing industry because you love fishing. You're passionate about it. You think you're going to go fishing more. And it does for my, for my, uh, you know, experience, it doesn't happen that, that like that, but hey, you know, I will say much like Brad, like Brad alluded to, you do typically get slower in the fall, which we do. The only crappy thing for us is when we start to slow down lately, we go from, you know, nice 60 degree weather to 25 degree weather and our lakes ice up before the end of the season. Now, I mean, our season runs to the end of December, but since they've opened that or, you know, they've extended that everywhere, you can't fish anywhere past. It seems like, I mean, unless you want to break ice in the north um, or you're on Green Bay, you're not fishing most places past, you know, late November, usually at the latest. So our, our move on down to Indiana, buddy. Yeah, we're, we're usually, you can count on it being open until around Christmas. Sure. And then we're back open around the end of February. Well, and usually and you get a couple of days in January, you can get out. Yeah. Well, so, so then, there you go. You're going to be all yeah. right. Oh, yeah. And then when we go out to, have, you know, talk to marinas or whatever in the Webster area, you know, our boat's going to be hooked to our truck. So after we do our morning business meetings and stuff, then we might have time to slip on the lake for a couple hours. You never know. You got to get creative. All right. Well, you guys keep me in touch and let me know how that's working out for you. (laughs) Maybe for summer, you know, maybe year one things, you know, you got to, you got to get the wheels rolling. You got to get the bus moving, you know, but then uh, year two, three, we'll see how this goes. You know, are you, uh, you talked about doing some sales calls and stuff. Are you guys going to be doing any of the sports shows this year? So Indiana, you know, obviously we're kind of, we need to do more research into what Illinois offers. I know that, you know, obviously Chicago probably offers something, but that's out of our territory, so we really can't touch that. And as far as Indiana goes, we do have a small sports show in the fall that we're kind of looking at. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out, you know, a few more details as far as attendance and what consumer that show is actually marketing to. Now, 
in uh, February here in Indiana, we have the Bow Sport and Travel Show, and that's been going on well my whole life. Hey? And so uh, it, it still draws a really nice crowd, and it uh, all of the vendors that you would expect to be there when it comes to your boating needs as far as marinas and uh, then accessories to go with your boat and fishing equipment. All that is kind of showcased at most important travel show as well. So we're, that will definitely, we will be there and we will have a booth. But other than that, you, we hope by means of like what we're doing with the Indiana Muskie Classic and kind of jumping in there, we would also, there's several bass tournament circuits around the state that our buddies are familiar with and even Jake has participated in. And so we're, we're hoping that, Maybe getting out, obviously, the fishing boat market isn't our only market, but fishermen are who we know, and um, we're very familiar with you know the type of people they are. So it'd be nice to be doing a bunch of fishing boats and kind of starting there and getting the name out. Hey, guys, don't, don't limit yourself just to the fishing world, because I've seen some pretty crazy stuff done with aqua traction. One being on top of coolers, it works great for, like, say you got a big Yeti cooler, you can put a pad right on top of that, make it a little more comfortable. I've seen truck beds done. I've seen the helm pads that you guys are going to have available. I've seen people use them in front of their door, right? I mean, it, it's kind of the the rug, if you will, coming into the door. Ask Josh Climber well, what he did in his bathroom. He did his whole bathroom floor in aqua traction. He said, I got sick and tired of stepping out of the shower and having cold feet on tile. So he did the whole floor. <laughs> so be creative that's with awesome. it too, you know? Funny you bring that up. Uh, that's uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, sitting at home, just kind of have a relaxing Sunday. And I get a you know, text like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh, nothing. They go, well, you want to come down to this bar? We mentioned to some people that you're going to be starting this and they want to talk to you. And so I got up and headed down there and, uh, a guy I know that owns a restaurant, he's wanting to put it behind his bar and then potentially in his kitchen and the walkway to the restaurant. And then uh, another guy I know was wanting to maybe put in his garage and called Josh immediately. And I was like, hey, would that hold up to the weight of a car being on it? And he goes, yeah, absolutely, as long as it's not studded tires or anything like that. So like you said, Brad, the you know, I think just the boating industry is just scratching the surface. We got some ideas that we want to kind of look into. I have a couple of experiments I want to look into this year with uh, maybe even putting it around pools because I know it sticks well to sealed concrete, but I want to see for myself if it'll stick on unsealed concrete, which I, it's so sticky, I can't see it not. And with Brad talking to you about your diamond plating in your boat, I can't see it not sticking to that. So, and that's one thing too. It's like being around a pool or something like that. Skinning the top of your toes on concrete's never fun. And, uh, you know, if you have kids running around, it creates, um, so they won't slip or anything like that. So yeah, like you said, Brad, there's a lot of possibilities with it. Yeah. And I know I was talking to a couple people at the show and they were talking about docks. You know, one of the things that they were thinking is, would this work good on my dock? And I said, absolutely. I mean, depending on the surface that you're talking, you know, if it's, wood planks or something might not hold up as well, but, or stick as well, I should say. But, you know, this, 
sky's the limit, guys. I mean, there's a ton of different things a guy could do with it. Yeah, 100% agree, buddy. That's that's what's so cool about this whole thing. It's an evolving market instead of just, you know, we're not stuck in one rut. Absolutely. Hey, guys, let's talk a little bit about your current trip because you guys are hanging out in your truck talking to us on the phone. And, you know, what are you guys doing right now? What's up? What's going on this weekend? <laughs> yeah, so we're sitting in the woods all by ourselves in the truck. <laughs> I thought I heard a Sasquatch. I'm not sure. But uh, we're working past that. But we're actually some buddies. Out we here. are in Sasquatch country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right in the heart of it. Yeah, so... We're out here in Pennsylvania and we're going to, I've never fished these waters before. So we got a long weekend ahead of us as far as we're on fish Friday, Saturday, and potentially some on Sunday and um, do some lake hopping. And, you know, I'm interested to get our boat in the water to see what water temps are. And then that will kind of steer us in a direction where we start and then let the muskies tell us where we need to go from there. So it's, um, I'm really excited that this is our first time out here and fishing new water is always fun you know you're putting the pieces to the puzzles together yeah we had some buddies invite us out here and um, they actually one of them got a 45 and a half today so uh, hopefully we didn't miss the only window but that was a pretty cool yeah it was really cool to see that fish to kind of kick off the weekend and uh hopefully it's just uh you know kind of a little omen to things to come but yeah we're we're out here and um it's it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. You know how the musk community is. Um, it's a small industry, but we range now all the way across the country. So to come out here and kind of hang out with guys that are from the eastern, you know, side of the United States and see how they do things and, and hopefully catch a couple of their fish if <laughs> you know the musky gods want to grace us with something in our net. But yeah, it's. Um, it's going to be a really fun weekend. Nice to have two days or three days just to think about only fishing and nothing else. Yeah, that's a it's a blessing in its own sense. And it looks like the weather tomorrow is going to be pretty much identical to what they had today. So that um, that's, gives me a lot of hope for tomorrow. And then, you know, if tomorrow's a bus, we have a nice little front coming in on Saturday. So um, we'll see what the muskies want and we'll be out on the water to, you know, give it our best effort. Well, we'll probably be crossing paths as I head my way to West Virginia on Sunday. So we'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a good wave. Yeah, are you driving? Yeah, I'll be driving down. I got too much stuff to try to fly with. Uh, yeah. You pulling a boat? No, no. We'll use Chase's boat. No, I was going to say, yeah. you better make him use his boat. Yeah, yeah, give us a high five out the window whenever we cross paths. I mean, that, you won't be able to miss us. We, we got a big old boat attached to our truck. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'll be getting, what, 25 miles to the gallon while we get eight. So, <laughs> then you'll have a tailwind. We'll start that big murky on the back and help push that thing. Yeah, there you go. Might I mean it might help if we just drop it off somewhere for weight <laughs> weight reasons. So I don't. Yeah, no, that's uh, the wind's looking pretty relentless this weekend. But no, I did. I'm sure you'll have a blast out in West Virginia. I need to get out there and bug chase sometime. Yeah, I don't even know if we're gonna fish in West Virginia. We're gonna kind of cruise around. I think. Uh, we got a couple things up our sleeve. We're going to leave that uh, alone for the time being, but we got a few ideas on where to go. Uh, that's, that sounds great. 
Well, I hope you guys have some good luck. I know you're not making the journey for no reason at all. Yeah, I, I hope that we get it done. That's for sure. It's expensive driving up and down the road like this, but it's part of the gig, and I love it. So I'm looking forward to it. Right on. Yeah, so that's going to be your first time fishing this year, right? Yeah, the last time I was on the water was in December. So we got our first show filmed in December, and um, it's been, what, four months, I guess? So I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I bet, buddy. Yeah, chomping at the bit a little bit. But, uh, right. Yeah, now just this <laughs> on a side note, I kind of was laughing to myself driving here. It's like, well, this is why Chase complains about driving through Indiana. But, like, to me, it's like driving through Indiana is a lot less stressful because you're not going through so many hills and stuff. So it is beautiful out here. I will say that. And that's, I'm sure it just gets prettier and prettier the farther east you drive. So, no, I, I most definitely want to work out that way some sometime soon. Yeah, absolutely. It is gorgeous out there. There's no question. The Appalachians uh, are definitely a beautiful area. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Hopefully, uh, you know, we both, with you, your upcoming trip, and us this year, or this weekend, we'll uh, both be able to share some, you know, nice, pretty musky pictures. Yeah, absolutely. Well, give me a jingle when you guys hit the road. Yeah, we'll we definitely will. Well, guys, we want to thank you for, you know, talking muskies with us today. We wish you the best in your trip this weekend. We also wish you the best in your, you know, your future, your new business. And for people that are looking to get in touch with you again, what's the best way they can go about doing that? Yeah. Well, first off, thank you guys a bunch for having us on here. And uh, it's always great chatting muskies with you guys. Uh, and then our email is aquatractionofindiana at gmail.com. My phone number is 317-459-2874. And mine is 317-459-2890. Perfect. Well, we want to thank you again for coming out and talking muskies, and we want to thank our listeners again for putting up with us for one more episode, and we will see everybody again, or you, everybody can hear us again next week Wednesday. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, thank you, guys. guys.